0: me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it
1: Within Lear and I Moon Losing my opinion
2: So Thomas, um, I have something prepared for this opening today What is it? What'd you do this weekend?
1: Oh, uh, Me? Because uh, I'm always asking you that. Mm-hmm. Things have been pretty good. Uh Min's finally done with the school year, so we're celebrating there. Um, Great. I've been uh, getting some drums recorded for a new batch of songs I'm working on. Wow, live drums! Live drums, or somewhere not not near me, but I get okay. the the Maltese. Uh, and as everybody knows, you don't have a song together until you got those drums. Then you're really cooking. Did you say the Maltese? The multi tracks. Oh, the okay. Maltese.
2: I was gonna say like. Sort of like the Maltese Falcon. I was going to say like. Can we make that a term? Is that, <laughs> is that like
1: some sort of insider like Pro Tools thing? The stems. <laughs> now you, you get that rhythm onto tape and then you can go anywhere from there. That's what it's all about.
2: That is what it's all about. That's, so that's been fun. That's what the pros say. Uh,
1: playing along to that. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, going to the petting zoo? Going to the
2: petting zoo. Taking the baby to the petting zoo. Uh, avoiding pigs. Uh, there was a cow that was like pretty gnarly. The animals seemed very sad, small yeah. enclosures. It was like she was happy, but we were kind of devastated by the whole experience. Oof. But uh, she got to feed some rabbits. So
1: that's what it's all about in the end. Rabbits are a safe bet. Yeah. It's, it's hard to screw up taking care of rabbits. Right. Uh,
2: well, I'm not really sure how to transition out of this conversation, but uh,
1: you'll notice that you... <laughs> state fairs <laughs> have well-kept animals. I'll just I'll say that. <laughs> you know who loves state
2: fairs is our guest today. We have the honor of hosting, actor, writer, comedian, just all around great human being. Performs regularly with her sketch team at the Magnet Theater in New York. She's worked for Disney Plus, Funny or Die, Betches. I think <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. Uh, we're proud <laughs> to name. have... this the name. Okay. Amy Lindberger with
1: us. Hell oh, yeah.
2: And I have to mention, as she was introduced to the podcast through <laughs> her connection to perennial fan favorite, friend of the show, Tom Rainey. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're in fact married. I we would. are married.
3: Yeah. So that's how I yeah. was introduced.
2: <laughs> that is the con- that's the connection. All right,
3: that's the connection. But I'm very happy to be here. He loves being on the pod. I love listening to the pod. So it's a, it's a treat.
2: Welcome, welcome. Was Tom? W- was he helpful in your preparation for the show at all?
3: Um, yeah, he was helpful, but he, he had a lot of really good ideas of what I could come in with. But then he also shot down a lot of my ideas, not to throw him under the bus. But one of my ideas was when we first started dating, classic dating story, he made me a mixtape. And I was like, what if I come on and I like have us evaluate the mixtape you made me to see like how, uh, how good, it, how good it was. And he was like, I hadn't I begging you. Please don't do this.
2: That would be great. Oh, uh, So we know what your next topic is going to be. Yes. That's okay, just fantastic. Cause it's still a surprise. Cause we don't know the songs oh, on there. Oh man. Yeah, the honeymoon phase
1: mixtape, yeah. (laughs) Sucks for Tom, but...
3: uh... He was like, just please, please, I beg of you. Well,
1: he's coming on for that episode.
3: (gasps) Oh, that could be a couple's episode. Maybe at our anniversary, we should both come on. Just really sit down and evaluate.
1: (laughs) Spend Valentine's Day here with us. (laughs) He he
2: can come on, but he gets no mic. He just just gets to listen. He just has
3: to listen (laughs) and watch. Just kind of sitting in the background.
1: (laughs) And this is, of course, the podcast, Losing My Opinion. I am comfortably dumb... Baroque indie pop songwriter, Tom Serwin, a.k.a. Niagara Moon.
2: I am uncomfortably brilliant indie songwriter, Thane Lear, a.k.a. Matt Longo.
1: Yeah, you're really squirming in your seat over there.
0: (laughs)
3: Always.
1: Uh, So, Amy, what's your your comedy
3: group called? Uh, The Nitro Girls.
1: The Nitro Girls. Which we
3: took the name from the Nitro Girls from uh, wrestling. Because I always wanted to be a Nitro Girl growing up. But uh, that dream died pretty quickly when... (laughs) The Nitro Girls weren't a thing. So I was like, well, what if I name this uh, sketch team the Nitro Girls? And then it kind of was one.
2: Brought it back. This conversation, Amy, you might as well be talking to yourself right now. Because Thomas has no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. He's probably thinking you're talking oh. about like American Gladiators or something. Which honestly is not far <laughs> off from what the hey, Nitro Girls they're were they're
3: athletes. But right. The Nitro Girls were just like a dance troupe that came out during like WCW, NWO, like professional wrestling matches. Mm. But they were just like dancers and i was like five i was like that's what i want to be when i grow up so uh it just stuck with me but their names were also funny it was like whisper and
2: (laughs) (laughs) kind of like american gladiator right you'd be like you know neon and lightning and whatnot (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: sounds like a jolly good time i'm also curious generally uh what kind of music fan are you what do you like to listen to typically okay
3: well i will I'll tell you this, like talking about music is actually one of my nightmares. So it's kind of- Perfect.
1: It's <laughs> like this, is great. this podcast.
3: <laughs> Perfect fit. Because I, <laughs> I feel like- You
1: listen exclusively to Tom's mixtape. Oh I yeah, know, Tom's mixtape. It's mix the tape. only
3: thing I've listened to for the last seven
1: years. <laughs> well, I've mainly been into <laughs> Tom's mixtape.
3: <laughs> I just like, there's something about it that I feel- so insecure talking about it because I feel like some people just know so much and are so equipped to talk about like album by album and this by this and decade by decade. And I just feel like I'm taking a test and I get like scared and I like forget everything I know. But I, cause I feel like I just like a little bit of everything, which is such a lame answer, but
1: yes, I know you're
2: lucky you're on this show today with two non non-judgmental, just mellow, mm-hmm.
1: mellow fellows. You know, just chill.
3: That's cool. Chill dudes. I'm getting that vibe. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So you like a little bit of everything that helps give this context today.
3: (laughs) I do. I'm boring. I like a lot of, I mean, I like a lot of like pop music. I like show tunes. I love Queen.
2: Well, no, but that's good because we don't have many pop takes on this show. Like we're always talking about like, you know, I don't know, some obscure thing or some huge thing or ripping on something like very rarely are we unabashedly talking yeah. about like a love for pop. And I know we both do like, you know, Thomas and I both, there's gotta be pop artists that we're just, pop. yeah. Yeah. So I, I think great. this is, <laughs> is that your argument?
3: I, yeah. I mean, I love queen. I love queen. Not pop, but that's just <laughs> <laughs> my argument. I love queen and I want to consider well, we're gonna them get, pop We're going to get
2: to, to uh, Amy's segment second because Thomas just needs to be the center of attention. Uh, so we'll let him.
1: No, no. <laughs> All right, no, you go. We'll let, you, you do your we'll segment. Let, we'll let segment Thomas have his little, little moment t- in I'll, the I'll sun. Pass this episode. <laughs> what have you prepared? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, yes, I'm kicking things off. Um, what I am talking about today, appropriately enough, is actually uh, very much related to comedy. Mm. I, I knew what guests we were having on for this episode. So Huimin and I recently have been rewatching a lot of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? An all-time great show. Oh,
3: amazing. Yeah. Uh,
1: Colin Mockery for president.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. That's a president I can get behind.
1: <laughs> He'd always know what to say. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a great show. We, we love it. I, I've been watching it since I was a kid. And, you know, Wayne Brady is a titan, too. Just a, a tornado of, uh, of talent. Mm-hmm. And they do that segment, Greatest Hits, where he just comes up with a song on the spot, you know, whatever style, whatever topic, just right away. It got me thinking recently, because, you know, you see that he can just whip up something, whip up a a new fake pop song. And so much of the time, I'm like, oh, if, if they just cook this for another, like, 30 minutes, like, this could be a real, legitimate, enjoyable song. Like, it's almost there. And they just pull it out of their ass. So I'm like, is music, like, easy? Like, is music yeah. just a lot easier than we think it is? <laughs> and comedy and music, those things do get mixed together from time to time. mean Weird Al Yankovic being an obvious example. But, you know, you have a lot of comedians that kind of dabble in music too. And then sometimes that line gets blurry. I'm like, somebody who you think of as a comedian, uh, an actor, and they live in that world, but just seemingly just as easily can, like, generate a song no and it's it doesn't really go the other way around like somebody who's who's very much just an artist songwriter you know like andy schaaf isn't about to guest on snl necessarily <laughs> i you know.
2: cannot imagine that fellow telling jokes i we saw him recently and he was uh very shy
1: dude he's he's a yeah. quiet guy um so that's kind of what i'm wondering today is is music like the easiest art and you know, somebody who otherwise is a comedian and performer and that's their world and that's what they're super busy with, you know, is it really no big thing to just little side projects, you know, record some tunes and and we're overthinking this whole thing. I feel like
2: comedian musicians are taken more seriously than actor musicians. I feel like actor musicians are like kind of the bottom tier of what people take seriously. (laughs) Comedian musicians, you know, you have like (laughs) Bo Burnham or whatever who is writing these joke songs, but people are... You know, Phoebe Bridgers is covering uh, it.
1: That music. would be, I don't have any Bo Burnham songs uh, for this episode, but he is a prime example. Some mm. Jams.
3: I think that there's just something really, it just keeps it really simple. I think because, especially in an example, like whose line is it anyway? Like uh, they're just coming up with it so quickly because they don't have time to overthink it. And the whole like premise of improv is like, don't think, just like go with it. Yes, and it don't like second guess yourself. Just like trust that it's going to go somewhere, like it has to go somewhere. And then if you are part of a team, then they're going to back you up and do it together. So maybe sometimes as somebody who's not a musician, maybe it's easy to be like, this is all coming from myself. It has to be perfect. Like I need to say the thing I want to say. Whereas everyone else is like, we're doing this together and it's going to exist in this one moment of time. And then it's It's also happening
2: with confidence too. It like, you know, this stuff is happening live. So so stuff that happens live that works live doesn't necessarily work on headphones later on when you're listening to it or if you record it because it's, like, mm. all about the vibe. So, like Amy was saying, like, if somebody is presenting with confidence, when you're watching it live, you might say, like, all right, hey, that was fine. <laughs> you know, if you're yes ending a melody. It yeah. doesn't pass the test
1: later on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's true. There's an element of just, like, if you're watching somebody have such a good time doing what they're doing and they, like, seem so happy to be doing it, I think just by, like, just by being close to them, you're like, I'm enjoying it because you look like you're having so much fun. So now I feel like I'm having fun. Are you
2: going to ask Amy to improvise this song for the show?
1: Uh, <laughs> later on. Don't don't spoil it.
3: <laughs> I'll do some uh, of up Yeah, we'll get ready. We'll give you some time to warm up for that. <laughs> okay, thank you so much.
1: So, yes, definitely if you're in a live situation, charisma can kind of carry things over the top and, you know, you won't notice a person's kind of maybe unconventional singing voice or whatever. We are looking at recordings and uh, hearing things in that context. But I want to kick things off with listening to a would-be joke song, but it's kind of just a banger on its own. The Blue Gene Committee.
2: Oh, this is great. This is great. I yeah, you know, I forgot about this song. This is like, you could put this on a, a, a an Eagles record, and it could sit comfortably.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's from uh, the Blue Je- the Blue Gene Committee, 2015. I'm I'm sorry, uh, 1974. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, Fred Armisen <laughs> and Bill Hader, <laughs> from Documentary Now. Uh, Catalina Breeze. Oh, it's uh, so Do you funny. know this song, Amy? Amy, do you know this one? Have you heard this?
3: I don't. Again, so this maybe I have. Maybe I have. But the second people start getting into specifics, I'm like, I've never heard okay. anything <laughs> in my life.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't recognize titles.
3: <laughs> yeah, who are you talking about?
2: <laughs> yeah, I could not stop laughing when I heard. Both of these songs are like both brilliant, and really the, the that SNL skit where they did. Uh, what was the song they started oh, with? God.
3: This is an SNL skit? It started
1: no, no, from an SNL for, skit. I mean, they're SNL guys, but they're... Oh, and okay. uh, this is from the show oh, documentary now. But they, they, they oh, introduced okay,
2: got it, got it. the Blue Gene Committee on SNL. That, like, that was the first oh, time they oh, did yeah. it. And they did a song called uh, uh, Massachusetts Afternoon. That was the song oh, that they did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did that resonate with you? Massachusetts Afternoon was a the song they did, yeah, which sounded that, like that's a, a tossed-off like one-hit wonder from 1974. Yeah, And then they turned it into this show for a documentary now. Uh, I believe it was a two-part episode where it was like based on uh, the Eagles documentary where it was just these dudes absolutely ripping each other apart, but making like the softest, most gentle music. And then in the background, they're like strangling each other and kicking each other in the groin. And like Bill Hader was saying, like, wouldn't that be a great idea for like a mockumentary is like this band that makes soft music, but they're just horrible to each other.
1: Uh, It's pretty good stuff. And it's got some great tunes. And I'm just I'm like, oh, if it's this easy, how come we don't get more hits like Catalina Breeze? Mm. So we'll we'll check this out, uh, Amy. Since you haven't heard this before, you can let us know if you would have noticed this is a quote unquote comedy song, or whether you would have just taken it at face value.
3: Uh, is this is it? Bill Hader and Fred Armisen. It is. That is. Yep. You? Okay, great. Well, I'm already gonna love it. I mean, icons.
0: Caravan to Aruba It's not the road that you would
1: choose He's got Donald Fagan down to a T Oh, a
0: perfect A
1: <laughs> master's
0: degree in a small talk And going
2: to- Ridiculous courtship. Unbelievable
1: Goes down so
0: smooth. daytime party flow with champagne filled coconuts.
2: Yeah. Alright, you get the idea?
0: It seemed the Grand Marshal. got your
2: point. Uh Amy, how did you feel about that song? on a purely musical level. Did you enjoy it or?
3: If you would have told me that that was a real song, I would have believed you. Like if I wasn't watching the video, (laughs) I'd be like, oh sure, this is is like a classic. Of course. Uh, So I enjoyed it. It was a fun, I feel like that's what I would put on if I was in a convertible Mm -hmm. in like Hawaii, Mm -hmm. you know, just drifting down, feeling a vibe. It's like a vibe song. Like it goes on a very specific playlist. That's maybe not like in my rotation.
2: It could totally work. on If that came up on a Spotify playlist, I think most people would be like, oh, this is, I mean. They
3: sure, yeah. Yeah.
2: Th- that, that Donald Fagan, like the lyrics, somebody having a master's in s- small talk is, that's just brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I'll say, you know, Bill Hader, uh, he's not a musician, but he has like amazing timing, obviously. But Fred Armisen is a musician. yeah. He so was. I feel like it's almost not fair Like, this is an exception. Yeah,
1: he was the drummer for Trenchmouth before he ever got into comedy. Yeah. That's true, yeah. He was with the band. Yeah, he has skills. All right. Well, my next example, I think this will go down pretty easy, too. Uh, We're going to look a little bit at Tim Heidecker. Okay. Oh, this is –
2: are you going to choose one of his,
1: um, like, serious
2: songs or one of his –
1: He's got a ton of albums. He Uh, does.
3: Wait, this person is also a comedian? Tim
2: Heidecker is from uh, Tim and Eric –
3: Oh my god, I'm literally gonna <laughs> never do comedy again. This is so embarrassing. I don't know if See, I don't do you know, know. Fred I don't Armisen? know anything. Do you know
2: like... Fred yeah. Armisen Bill no, I'm just kidding, I know who you love.
3: Oh God.
1: Tim Heidecker, he's not everybody's cup of tea though. He's a little more divisive, so that's okay. Not everybody has to be a fan of uh
3: Well when you say Tim and Eric, I know exactly who you're talking about.
1: Oh But I okay. have to hear All it as right. part of like the, yeah. you know.
3: See, this is the thing. It's the same with music. I can't know things by like <laughs> full information I just know the song or the person
1: it's okay you're on the right podcast she thought you were talking Ooh, about like some yeah. organ player from like the late 80s or whatever like uh, oh yeah Tim
2: Heinecker
3: you could have told me anything I truly would have believed it. the you.
2: calypso musician
1: Tim and Eric always had some some great songs yeah mm. where's my chippy petite feet yeah uh, but Tim, <laughs> he's got a ton of solo albums and it's really hard to tell how earnestly he makes them sometimes but again it's that line it's like when is it not comedy, you know, quote-unquote, just mm-hmm. a joke anymore, and when is it just a song you can listen to normally? What is yeah. that line? Where is it? And isn't music just easy? Uh, so I, I want to listen to a, a Tim Heidecker tune called When I Get Up. Uh, I believe this is from 2019, uh, the album What the Broken Hearted Do. Yeah. Uh, you can both tell me what you think of this one.
2: I know this one. I have a feeling about this one, but I'll, I'll wait to share. Yeah.
0: I get up all I want to do is go to bed again
2: I think that's a great song i think i do too amy what are, you, what are your feelings about it
3: no wait i want you to come in you came in so hot at the beginning that you had something to say at the Almost end
2: super hot uh he you know I, I, I might sound like a fool saying this but like i think he's serious in the way that like harry nielsen is serious you know i even hear harry nielsen in the song like gotta get up gotta get up you know like that whole thing yeah. where it's like there's comedy in the song. It's still funny because it's him and there are lines that are funny, but like, I don't think he's trying to be funny here. Like, I, I think this is just a genuine expression of a feeling. And, you know, there are elements that are funny because he's a funny guy. It's similar to Harry Nielsen. I don't think this is a joke song. I think that when he writes these songs, like it's um, he's genuinely expressing himself. And I think the non-comedy stuff that he does with like, you know, where he's, <laughs> he's doing like uh, Andrew Dice Clay bits or whatever, like that's a different story. But for this I, I I take him very seriously, and I think he's got talent as a as a songwriter.
3: I totally agree with you. I mean, I thought that that was like super enjoyable I, not in terms of stylistically, but like listening to listening to it. it made me think of like some early Bruno Mars songs that were just like very basic lyrics like the like grenade is just kind of like a very cheesy song, but like mm-hmm. it's a bop, and you like listen to it and it's like very simple, but it's fun, and people love it.
1: Yeah. I will say it it gets in your head, you know, I'm making coffee in the morning. When I gotta
3: I don't wanna just go
1: to bed again. Uh yeah, it's like his his voice maybe isn't quite there, but like if you replaced it with like like if Warren Zevon was singing. The I song, was just I don't thinking think about he, Warren Zevon. I don't think he'd question it twice, yeah. No,
2: I was just thinking about it. he's so funny. But you know, we take him seriously because he was marketed to us as a singer songwriter. You know, I think if we didn't have Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric, like you Know Space Bomb put out his record, like it, it might just be like, oh, this dude's a songwriter, you know, we we would
1: listen to it differently. Yeah, well, in this case, Jack Jaguar. Oh,
0: sorry,
3: <laughs> not to like bring up Bruno Mars a second time in two minutes, but I do, do like it. Bruno Mars. And it, the other song it made me think of is he literally has a song that's like, Today I don't feel like doing anything, yeah. I just want to lay in my bed, which feels uh, very reminiscent of this. Yeah, and it's just kind of like similar, Like I don't want to do anything, I just want to hang out. Yeah. So maybe Bruno Mars is like the comedian of our generation and we're just like only looking at him as a well,
2: I think that's what <laughs> as we a performer. That's what we found.
1: Yeah.
3: I think that's what we've discovered today. Thank you, Thomas. You're welcome. <laughs> Case
1: closed. Uh-huh. Well, it's it's fitting enough cuz uh, for my third and final pick, we're going to leave the pop world. We're going to leave it far behind. Uh, we're actually doing something we don't do very often on the show and we're going to go check out the world of jazz for a second here.
2: Jazz comedy? I definitely have not checked out that world too often.
3: <laughs> oh, it's everywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All those huge jazz comedy streamers on Spotify.
1: The the third <laughs> artist we're looking at. H. John Benjamin.
3: Oh. Okay. Okay.
1: Voice over legend. <laughs> I know him best as Coach McGurk from Home Movies, but he's like yeah. in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like Patrick Warburton.
2: hmm Are you gonna be talking about the insane? like piano album that he came out with maybe uh
1: yeah there's there's h john benjamin the comedian the you know the voiceover artist there's h john benjamin the jazz piano player it's no big deal uh he released an album with sub pop uh from 2015 called well i should have dot 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 and uh he plays jazz piano for the first and last time uh for this album and he make you know he makes you realize anybody can do jazz. You don't need to learn it. Mm. You don't need to practice it. You mm-hmm. Just start playing. That's what the rest of them are doing. That's right.
2: Yeah, I have different feelings about this one, but yeah, let's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he he you know he plays an album. He's, he's got good guys on his rhythm section. You know, there's a, a drummer, upright bassist, uh, saxophonist. If I'm remembering right, he of course is. Uh, Tinkle in the Ivories. And uh, it's a lot of originals, but they do do a cover of uh, It Had to Be You. So I thought we'd, uh, we could check that out now.
3: That's sweet. Mm.
2: Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) This is for all the the jazz heads that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. This is for all
3: those La La Land fans. Yeah. All you,
2: yeah. Right. All you true jazz fans (laughs) that love La La Land.
1: (laughs) I mean, you both can give me your thoughts, but I hear some some Bill Evans influence in this one. Maybe a little, uh, definitely a little Monk, of course. Sure. Um, but you can see what of you course. think. Of
3: course. Yes, yes, yes. I, I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> Matt looks so
2: this
0: horseshit. oh no
2: I mean you gotta have, you Ooh. gotta give it it's funny because of how big the investment is yeah
1: and there's like moments where you're like oh that sounds like normal jazz
0: <laughs>
1: Ooh, spots here and there you could edit this you'd have to get like 60 takes but <laughs> How did they play
2: listening to this shit around him?
1: It's free jazz. It's pretty free. Get away from the tyranny of scales.
3: But I think what we're learning is music is not that easy. (laughs) Like, it might seem easy, but you really just go for it without any kind of preparation. That's a
2: really good (laughs) point. And I think kind of wraps up Thomas's argument ferociously well well, he's a jazz daredevil instrumentally you
3: cannot fuck Mm. around
2: like that's i think what we have learned is you can't you you can't yes end a piano part like if you don't know it (laughs) it ain't gonna (laughs) work no
3: training whatsoever it's gonna sound
2: like ass. so i think maybe melodically if you have a decent enough voice you can with confidence Mm -hmm. manufacture something on the spot but that is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because of, you know, they there was a, a budget that went into releasing it and like, <laughs> you know, indie musicians all over the place are tearing their hair out watching all of the money that went into that release. But um, it's still, it's it, it was hilarious.
3: Yeah. Listen, I'm not here to, to yuck anybody's yum. Like if this is what he loves and there's, a, there's an audience for this, more power to him. But it's definitely. A, oh, he's totally it, fucking
2: around. It,
1: that that one you you did notice a different Sami. It didn't just sound like you could take it at face value,
3: no. this one I, I knew something was up. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's that whole thing. Like whenever I think about theater, uh, it's just kind of like what makes it like the magic of theater is like everything, like the lighting, the sound, the curtain, the stage, like the whole picture comes together so seamlessly. And you're just like, how did this happen? And you're not looking through all of like the nuances of like the stage manager making the calls and this and like, there's so many little details to make it so special for an audience member. So I feel like that's similar to what you're saying with, or what I, what the argument is with, uh, Music isn't that easy. There's a lot that goes into it that you just never see all the sure,
1: work. Sure, sure. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, whatever I did here, I think I'm done doing it. So, uh, Amy, yeah, what are <laughs> you going to listen to this week? <laughs> my
3: I'm
2: done doing that.
3: I'm done doing that. So, uh, you know, today I—it's really you've really uh, teed me up oh, pretty good. well here with what you've introduced, and you actually may have even mentioned. Um, who I'm talking oh about today already. Um, because today, I, you know, I've talked about how talking about music makes me really anxious and insecure um, and scares me. But uh, someone who doesn't scare me, someone who celebrates all genres of music and just puts his own little spin on it, someone who I have been listening to and singing along to for my entire life is Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, oh wow. And listen, I listened to your last episode. I actually, I don't know when this is coming out. So maybe it was no longer your last episode. But Matt Kelly, who you just had on as a guest, said he almost talked about him. And that's right. He, he um, is quite the expert because he has an entire podcast dedicated to Weird Al called the Weird Algorithm Podcast. Little uh, plug. But um, mine's going to be less about. Uh, <laughs> Maybe less about that, my argument that I'm coming into with this is these are weird owl songs that I prefer to listen to over the originals oh. whoa,
2: <laughs> okay, hey, I'll take that argument, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was like a a formative part of my musical youth, like yeah. it, it's probably i can't I can't know or admit how much he influenced me, but I like I listen to that music constantly. So, as a songwriter, like he had to have gotten in there, right? I just don't know how because I don't bring a song to someone now and they, they don't say, Hey, that kind of sounds like Weird Al Yankovic, hmm. but like <laughs> maybe he got in there. I just don't know.
3: I don't know. I mean, are you guys? I, I know Matt, you are Thomas. Are, oh, amazing. He's here with us. There he is. <laughs> Weird Al has just joined the this conversation. <laughs> Were you a Weird Al fan or are you a Weird Al so-
1: fan? When I was in middle school, I was surrounded by Weird Al fans, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get into mm. this. I gotta join the club. He never really stuck with me, simply because his his voice is so nasally and jokey mm-hmm. that at some point I was like, it's not for me. I can't, I can't get past it. I know he's a beloved entertainer, uh, super talented in his own right, and like I've never had a problem with that, but. Yeah, I feel left out because I, I can't get past the voice and and listen to it. Let's prove him wrong. Amy. Let's
3: prove him wrong. Okay. Well, you know what? And let's just jump right in because you know I. There are some obvious hits of Weird Al that I'm not even going to touch because you know you got your white and nerdy. You've got yeah. Well, hey, Eat It's actually my first one. So <laughs> oh, <oops. laughs> let's actually just it. Right
1: you know, we're not going to it. mess around with the Eat it, It's. The we, uh, we, don't, we
3: don't need the intro. We don't need the intro.
1: White <laughs> and nerdy. Yeah, that that was definitely the the hit when I was uh, a I feel grader. like that's
3: like when you think of him, that's probably one of the first ones you think of, and obviously Eat It is too, which is a parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It. If you didn't know, so let me send you the video
2: so you your argument for this song is like you actually gravitate towards this one
1: more than yeah. you do beat it over eddie van halen's guitar I solo do. and quincy jones that Jones's
2: solo production. is insanity it, it, that solo is ridiculous i mean come listen, on Listen.
3: tell me if you want me to come in with my argument now or if you want to listen to it and then i then i have my talking points because i got i got stuff yeah, to well, say I feel
1: before <laughs> anything else we should listen to uh what's been presented to us here what's been did <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: One's been presented. (laughs) And I also want to point out that this video is a shot for shot parody of the actual Beat It music video. Which I think is important to Painstaking, yeah. The choreographer of Beat It is in this music video. Wow. He was like that on board with it.
2: That's good.
0: Starving in Japan So eat it Just eat it (laughs) Don't wanna argue I don't wanna debate Don't wanna hear about What kind of food you hate You won't get no dessert Till you clean off your plate So eat it Don't you tell me you're full Yeah, this is great. Just eat it. I mean, unbelievable. Your table manners are a crying shame. You're playing with your food to some kind of game. Now if you starve to death, you'll just have yourself to blame. So eat it. Just eat it.
1: All right. <laughs>
2: Thomas, is this too gimmicky for you? Like you can't, you can't get into it?
1: It's complicated. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to choose this over the original.
3: Okay. Well, here, wait. Hear me yes, out. Abs- hear me out. Yeah, you, got,
1: you haven't heard <laughs> our argument.
3: Okay. First of all, let's just talk about the premise of this song. The premise of the song is about a picker, picky eater that just needs to work on his table manners. Yeah. Unbelievable. Someone who who loves food. Food is like my favorite topic. It's my favorite thing. This song really resonates with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about food and not wasting it all the time. Also, I mean, listen, you just can't really listen to Michael Jackson anymore and feel good. So <laughs> this is what you gotta listen to. This kind now. of gives you Yeah. <laughs> it gives you all of like the satisfaction of the melody, mm. but like the fun of the weird out. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not it's not a horrifying yeah.
3: You don't have to feel guilty.
1: Yeah. It's funny. He oozes talent and cleverness and
3: and that's what we got. <laughs> it's
1: The mustache is hard to look at. Uh, <laughs> a, you, this is on at a party. It's fun. I got no problem with it. But like, I still want to go to the real, the genuine article if I can.
2: Well, but what if, you know, you remember your argument from the other week? Like, oh, we can't listen to Boston anymore. Can't listen to this. Can't listen to that. It's overplayed. Like
1: Thriller hasn't crossed that line for me.
2: That you one know, hasn't? Maybe
1: I'm not saying it's impossible. It Maybe you could have a pick a different... A Weird Al song And and I'd switch my opinion Just In this circumstance I know where I sit But I'm I'm not like I'm not against the idea either Okay Alright so Amy He's still okay. open to it He hasn't shut the he's door He's still open
3: yeah. Okay Well I will say A cool thing about the song Is Well about this parody In general Just in terms of like The span of Weird Al's career Is when he got The right Or like the permission He doesn't technically need permission To re- release any of this Because oh. it's parody law um, However he goes out of his way to always make sure he like has that permission from the artist. And he really like cultivates Mm. a relationship with the artist so that they feel in on the joke. And he doesn't, he's never here to like make anyone feel bad. So when Michael Jackson first heard the chorus and he was on board with it, um, this kind of like skyrocketed. Weird Al's career, and it kind of gave him that leverage when going to other artists to be like, well, listen, if the King of Pop is okay with me doing a parody. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that was his golden ticket. How can you,
3: like, why are you so big? So that's kind of, like, a cool thing. Hey,
1: when you
2: say parody law, I picture uh, a guy in a suit with, like, a bow tie that spins.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, who knows? (laughs) But that's also kind of how he gets away with it. And I guess there had been, um, like, issues in the past where, like, now I know he always goes directly to the artist to like get their permission. Cause I guess in the past, like through publishers or uh, agents or whatever, he was told one thing and then later met up with the artist years later and found out that like they were never asked and they would have been fine with it. I
2: know Coolio had some problems with him that.
3: Yeah. That's like a famous beef.
2: Yeah. I don't know. You know, you don't know who to believe in in that situation. Cause it seemed like he gave him permission directly and then was like pissed off after it was. And then like,
3: yeah, exactly. But I mean I, I, I know that they've since made up and Coolio has Is that Amish taken Paradise? accountability for being wrong. Oh, yes. Wow. But I mean also like a lot of the artists' sales bump up a lot after his parodies come out. So they actually get like a ton of um money in return which is kind of cool for them as well
1: if you get weird al to parody your song that's good business i don't you know
3: i know i wanted to ask you guys like if weird al could parody one of your songs (laughs) do you have one in mind you think would be good
1: i i want to leave it up to the artist chef's choice i mean
3: okay
2: any of them would be welcome
3: (laughs) oh my gosh okay well so for the next song are you guys familiar with yoda which is a parody of the King's Lola.
1: I downloaded this online, Which LimeWire. I know this is going to be a yes. harder get. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I do
2: love that song, Lola. Uh, yeah, I don't, Lola's I, great. I don't know if I know this one as well. This is like, I, I jumped off the Weird Al train at a certain point, not because I didn't like it, but I just, um, you know, I think when I went to college, I probably stopped listening to him.
3: Stop listening yeah. to it. That's okay. Well, okay, and listen. I, yeah okay i'll I'll get into the argument after you hear part of okay it. but i'm sure you can you can guess what it's going to
2: allude to i was thinking you were going to bring up um because doesn't he do another star wars song with like um uh what's that he song? does like a Wookiee song i don't know that one i know the one he does for american pie my my this here anakin guy uh.
3: oh. <laughs> yeah he might have three star wars songs that's a
2: lot of star wars parodies
3: And listen, but here's the thing is to start. I love Star Wars and I love Empire Strikes Back.
2: All right. So this is (laughs) a real blend.
3: The premise of this is it's basically it's told from the perspective of Luke Skywalker that has like concerns about learning under Yoda is like what this song is about. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've heard this one at all. Oh, I can't wait.
0: I met him in a swamp down in Dagobah where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda, S-O-D-A, soda. I saw the little wren sitting there on a log, I asked him his name and in a raspy voice he said Yoda, Y-O-D-A Yoda. Yora <laughs>
3: i mean, you can't not smile when you're listening to
2: I'm pretty great. <laughs> i should know that. Song because it's on an older record. I don't. I just didn't own that.
3: It is an older one. Record. Dare
2: yeah. To be stupid.
3: And actually, that's a part of my um argument where here, Lola, unbelievable song. But I had just heard this song first. <laughs> and so, oh, and this the true Lola version. Is, it's like I just can't not hear Yoda oh, when I hear Lola. It's just like it just it doesn't matter how good it is. I'm just like this. These are the lyrics that are ingrained in my brain. <laughs>
2: That's interesting. Yeah, this 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 one I think has the – I did love that. That was very enjoyable. I want to listen to the whole thing. I will say also, Amy was listening to that as if she had never heard it before. It was the level of joy that yeah. she was getting out of
3: That's, it. It gives it to me every time.
2: But, yeah, I mean, it was great. It, it did maybe have the opposite effect where I was like, this is great, and I also want to listen to Lola.
3: To the original. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So unlike "Eat It," you would still choose the original. Choose to listen to the original. Lola I would still choose Yoda. the original.
2: I think I would prefer. I prefer "Eat It" at this point. But now, now I do like the original one. One out of two.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, and here I'm not trying to say that um, like the premise of Lola is not one to be uh, loved. The the lyric uh, "Girls will be boys, boys will be girls." You know, just having no judgment about following love and following your heart. Unbelievable! So progressive for its time. Yeah. But I just heard Yoda first. (laughs) But really,
1: at the end of the day, it's a song about Star Wars. That's what makes it so powerful. How
3: can you go wrong? Um, This was another one of those examples where it took him like five years to actually put this one on a record because he eventually got the permission from George Lucas, but the Lola, is it Ray Davies? Yeah, Ray Davies. Okay, so Ray Davies, he had been told had said no to it. And then he like ran into him and he was like, Oh man, like we never got to do that. And he was like, what are you talking about? You can do it. (laughs) But like he had been told by his publisher that he didn't want him to. Huh.
2: That sounds like a very Ray Davies thing. You know, there's always (laughs) some kind of controversy with whatever. I I would think he would like this. You know, I think he's, he has a good sense of humor about stuff.
3: Well, I think had he just gone to him originally, he would have gotten that. Yes. But he didn't know he was trusting the, the people around him.
2: And that's what Amy's argument is today. is you Can't trust the people Don't trust around the you. People around <laughs> you. Just fire your agent. Yeah. Get yeah, a you new one. Fire all your, yeah, fire everybody close yes. to
3: you. <laughs> um, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm glad you're hearing me. So we both, okay, you guys both picked Lola. I can accept that. I knew that that one was going to be a, a hard self. sell. Yeah. This one might be that like the first one was like an iffy. Second one, I knew I was going to lose. Third one, I think maybe I got a shot. All right. So the third one, tell me if you guys even know the song because I asked a lot of people and they didn't even know the original. So the weird owl song is headline news. It's a parody of crash test dummies. Mm. <laughs>
2: Yo, I'm I'm fully on board with this argument. I know this song and I I don't know this one. This song, Thomas. This the, the problem with this is and this is why Amy's argument works really well. This original song is totally insane. It's completely insane. It's
3: insane.
2: Indistinguishable from a Weird Al song to begin with, but yeah, Amy, go go for it.
3: <laughs> I think well, should well, so Thomas, you don't know the original song.
2: I think he might when oh, he might when he hears it.
3: When you start, hearing I mean, I him. might have,
1: I might only know the Weird Al version. Like I heard a lot of these back in middle school, and they're just
3: kinda, right.
2: It's like once there was this girl who. Something, something, something.
3: They were playing this at my dentist's waiting room last week, and I was like, What is happening? It's
2: crazy. Is this
3: waiting room music?
2: This is a song that could only be a huge hit in the 90s. Like, imagine someone releasing that now and, like, oh, it's on the Billboard Top 100.
3: Crazy. It's just a song about, like, a bunch of kids that the lead singer actually knew who had, like, weird things happen to them. Of, like, a kid that was in a car accident, and then his hair turned from, like, black to white. And then, I think it's supposed to be about, like, people that were maybe treated differently because of how, like, their experiences were, how they looked or whatever. But, like, one of them, it's, like, the girl who goes to a church where they speak in tongues. Like, it's just telling the story of, like, three different people. And so Weird Al's parody is basically telling the story of three people that were like very oversaturated in the news at the time like tanya harding oh man michael fay and um the, the other the one the who, guy who whose got wife his caught off
2: his ju- his penis. junk detached <laughs> yeah uh the bobbit yeah
3: bobbit yeah bobbit
2: it's a very well written song like musically it's nice
3: also the Weird Al videos are really so fun
0: once there was this kid who took a trip to Singapore and brought along his spray paint and when he finally came back he had cane marks all over his bottom He said that it was from when the warden whacked it
1: so. That's a weird
2: song. (laughs) That's great. Is Is this sounding familiar? Is this familiar to you? No.
0: Once there was this girl who swore that one day she would be a figure skating champion, and when she finally made
2: No, I agree with Amy completely. I do really love this.
1: I want to hear the original now. This is an interesting song.
3: (laughs) I'd be curious to hear. Do you want to hear the the original? original?
1: Should we play the original? Should we? Yeah, Yeah. I think we should.
3: Let's let's do it live.
2: All right. We'll do it live. Let's do it live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one, um, I totally forgot that Weird Al had done this. And I was, I was talking about this song recently with somebody because I was trying to tell the them- The Weird about, Al version? No, the original. I was trying to explain it. I was like, yeah, there was this song <laughs> and he's talking about this girl whose skin was covered in polka dots and like nothing really makes yeah. sense. And then the chorus is basically just like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: like it's sort but of- Even mm-hmm. saying the title of it, you can't like explain it. You're like, the title's- mm-hmm.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to talk about songs that, like, there's no way they would be popular if they were released now, and like, that's a great example of one that's like that exists in the '90s.
1: Matt, are you already decided that you prefer the Weird Al version? That's the definitive version for you.
2: I I prefer them both equally. I I feel like they Oof, I, li- I like I like them at okay. at a similar level because they're it's it's like two sides of the same coin. Like it's almost already a Weird Al song lyrically to begin with, so his version yes. lends itself so perfectly. And it's just a time capsule of like what was going on in that moment. What was going
3: on in the nineties? Yeah. I'm like, I want this to happen like once every decade. Mm. I want him to do a headline news, like to be like what was what were the three big stories of that time?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be more depressing if he did it now. But
3: Okay, yeah, maybe maybe it was good for the nineties. <laughs> Talking about a way of cutting off her husband's penis. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, fun. Thomas, fun you didn't get to the third part. You know, fun things. <laughs> Eventually, it gets there.
2: Yeah, that's the final. That's the uh, the climax of the tune. We cut it off early. Mm. <laughs> it's all, this song also plays in Dumb and Dumber quite prominently. Mm-hmm. The originals
3: is true, but I mean, look the side by side videos.
1: Oh, I like that
2: piano. It's really well arranged. Once,
0: there was this key, uh,
1: key, he's just to,
2: he's weirder than al. Brr, that's what i'm brr, saying through, but
0: when
3: back, <laughs> <Yeah. is
1: laughs>
3: like it already sounds like a like a sketch I from
1: black you know what i might prefer tonight, the weird al version <gasps> oh, might have you got me him. on this. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Yay. laughs> this, this
2: guy's
1: voice is too weird.
3: <laughs> it's a weird one.
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think you did it, Amy.
3: I'd oh, rather hear about wow. Tony Harding. <laughs> oh my god, you see? It's crazy. This song is absolutely nuts.
0: So weird. His
2: That's face. the craziest vocal Like, what is that? What accent is that? <laughs> it's almost Scott Stapp. It's getting into Creed territory. Yeah, it's like pre proto Creed.
3: Can you imagine this playing in a dentist office <laughs> waiting room? I was like what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's good songwriting, but yeah, I I preferred Weird Al's packaging. I don't know how you did it, oh. but you did.
3: Wow. Me too, Thomas. I also preferred it.
2: <laughs> um, I'll tell you another song that I prefer Weird Al's version. I'll probably get a lot of huh. hate over this. Oh my god. It's, and it's only because similar to amy i heard it first was uh Am- amish paradise
3: i mean come it's gangster's
1: on gangster's
2: paradise i mean
1: mm, i uh, prefer pastime paradise uh,
2: oh <laughs> god all right well if we want to dig into the sample but it's so funny that i can't not think of it when i hear gangster's paradise i just think of amish paradise and maybe that's why coolio was kind of pissed because it's just like You know, the seriousness of that song was just totally, totally usurped by this parody. Undercut.
3: Well, and that's like an interesting thing, too, because like he, Weird Al had done two Michael Jackson parodies. And I think he wanted to do black or white. And Michael Jackson was like, no, the song is like too important to like make a joke out of. So he like didn't. So I think that's like where some of like the beef happened is like, I don't think he would have done it knowing that, you know coolio was unhappy with it but he didn't know he thought he was cool with it not coolio (laughs) well your argument (laughs) Uh, was successful well and i have one more i want to share if that's okay sure and this one is more of like my honorable mention because it's like his first it was like his debut single which is my bologna (laughs) (laughs) which we all heard (laughs) it's a parody um the next my sharona and I just want to play it because I feel like this is really what started it all. And he recorded this originally in, like, a public bathroom across from, like, the radio station that he dropped it off at, which was, like, the Do- the Dr. Demento show. And Dr. Demento played it, and then it, like, became really popular. But this song, I mean, it's a song about baloney. <laughs> it's about a baloney sandwich.
2: Yeah, it doesn't go but a whole lot deeper than that.
3: And it doesn't have to because, you know what? At the end of the day, My Sharona is actually, like, a pretty gross song. <laughs> Because it's about like an older guy that's like into like younger girls, and Sharona was like a real person who was like sixteen or seventeen at the time, and he was like nine years older mm-hmm. than her. No. That's you, also you why that a that's part of my argument.
1: Back in classic rock <laughs> times, so. though,
2: you're just picking it's all these, these canceled artists. Yeah, I don't even know I've who overtaken. makes
1: that Sharona song. <laughs> I did never really right, like weren't they one hit wonder? Who were those? Guys I think were? they're yes. the knack.
3: One hit wonder. Yeah, that was
1: it for them. Who cares? Alright, let's check out my balona.
3: And you got the accordion.
0: Ooh, my little hungry one. Hungry one. Open up a That's
1: package good, of yeah. my Bologna. Ooh, I
0: think the toast is done. The toast is done. Show me how. This we don't run out
2: his energy don't is like
0: wild if we do
3: a good like my, pump my, up song my, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah this is a workout song thomas my my you know get the gym oh my
3: yeah hey. The
1: accordion fits math, for sure. It works, yeah. <laughs>
3: <Ugh>. <laughs> We're only doing highbrow music today, okay? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd, that's tight. I'd rather listen to that over my Sharona. So I guess you're. Wow, you got him twice. two out of four. Got you got me fifty percent here. Okay, I'll here. take
3: those odds. I I knew I was coming up against some some real uh, some real winners. I'll take what I can get. But I guess I'll just say, like, in conclusion of this, <laughs> I love Weird Al because it just kind of proves that you don't have to be overly blue or vulgar to get the laugh. And I think this is something that um, my husband Tom and I were talking about the other day. It's like. So much comedy right now is just trying to like say something and like be the thing that gets tweeted to become the voice of the generation and take this serious thing. And there's a time and place for that. And don't get me wrong. I think that that's very important. But sometimes you just want to laugh and sometimes you just want to be silly and Weird Al. It's just like it's so simple. It's so stupid. And it's just so good. And I just love him. I love everything about him.
2: That's very eloquently stated. And it's like, you know, dare to be stupid is like his mantra. Like it's yeah. it's and it's great. And I think for for it reaches that uh child in us. It like, does. Well, yeah. I mean that's
3: the whole thing nobody's telling him to make this. He's just doing it because he likes to do it and he like has a good time and he's very good at it. He's and very I think skilled. That's why It's fun. Oh yeah.
2: No question there. Even musically, like he's a great accordion player.
3: I don't know if you guys did. You see his movie that just came out? No, Amy. You told me to watch it.
2: You said it was fantastic.
3: It was my favorite movie last (laughs) year (laughs) because I mean, it's (laughs) it's so stupid. It's smart because it's like a man that's famous for being a parody artist makes a biopic that's a parody of of his life. It's just like, come on, come on. (laughs) So Daniel Radcliffe is so. Everyone is so good in it. It's so funny.
2: I saw one scene where I think it's maybe Jack Black or, like, somebody's discovering him. Mm-hmm. It was Dr. Yeah. Demento discovering him, and it's, it's, it was very oh, funny. Oh, Wilson, I
3: think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, the, the cameos in that movie are unbelievable, and I think that probably just goes to say, like, how beloved he is in, like, the comedy world, the music world, everything.
1: Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. Well,
3: I'm glad I got two. Matt, I only got you with one, though, huh?
2: No, you know, the, 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 the last one I think I do prefer. Okay. Weird Al's version. I do all prefer it. Right. So you got me with two. Okay. So you, you, yeah, you, you're 50% with each of us, which if you add it up is really 100%. So
3: that's how I'm going to look at it.
1: So that's, that's pretty good all around. Um, but what did we all learn today? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's
2: time for me to, you know, you have periods where you're like, you don't listen to David Bowie or whatever. You get away from something you love. It's been at least 10 years since I did like a Weird Al deep dive, probably longer. So maybe it's time. And I remember, and this was Matt's point from last time, but like, I remember kind of enjoying some of his original tunes. I know it's a whole separate argument, but I remember being like, oh, that's really good songwriting or that's a good melody. And um, I'm curious to see how those hold up because as a kid, I remember liking all of that.
3: Yeah. How about you, Amy? Um, I think that I learned that I, I just like to listen to music that makes me feel good. <laughs> And makes me feel happy, which and is I the opposite why. point
2: of this podcast.
3: <laughs> and that's why some of my favorite music is pop music because sometimes it doesn't need to be bigger than what it is. It just needs to it just needs to make you happy. And that's what Weird Al does for me. He makes me happy. You know, life is life is sad enough sometimes. Let's just listen to some Weird Al more
2: often. <laughs> yeah, if you're going through a hard time, why would you listen to a Nick Drake album? Like, yeah, when you weird out. put on
3: my <laughs> Like,
2: don't invest in that.
3: Yeah. You don't need to double down on, you know, your sadness. Get yourself out of it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I learned about the crash test dummies, and that's mm-hmm. goddamn weird. Uh, so that, that was enlightening.
2: Yeah, I, I thought you would know that song. That, that's, that one is like one of those uh, oddities from Captain like 90s A. one-hit wonders. There were some weird ones in the 90s. That
1: was, that's up there. And, uh, hey, do we have anything else we want to tell the folks at home about? Anything we want to plug coming up?
3: Uh, for me, you can check out my sketch comedy team, the Nitro Girls at the Magnet. We perform monthly there. Um, or you can just follow me on social media at Amy Lindberger. Trying to be better about posting my published writing and performances on there. So <laughs> follow me.
2: Sweet. You just wrote a piece, uh, pretty recently, right?
3: I did. That was the one for Betches that you brought up earlier. It's about um, Vanderpump Rules because, like I said, I only do highbrow, <laughs> highbrow culture What is What's moments.
2: Vanderpump? Vanderpump, what's Vanderpump Rules? Yeah.
3: Oh, God, Matt. What, is this what's like, Vanderpump Rules?
1: Do you know, Thomas, do you know what this is? This isn't making the cut, by the way, but I have no idea what it is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's a it's a show on Bravo.
2: Okay. Oh, it's like a reality show.
3: That's having a, yeah, it's a reality show. It's having a very pivotal moment in um, time right now. If you've heard of scandal all I, which you have, this is so like so another, <laughs> la, you,
2: this is just like another language. I feel like you're talking to me in like Norwegian or something right now.
1: <laughs> <Standard all. laughs> uh Hey, I got a show coming up uh, a couple days after this comes out June 30th, Friday, 6 30 oh, wow. p.m. at Anna Bandera Chocolates in Northampton, Massachusetts. That happens to be your Neck of the Woods. Come here, Huaymin and I, play a bunch of Niagara Moon tunes. Come by and say hey.
2: You'll be dipped in chocolate for that one. That's the one that you were going to dip yourself. (laughs) It's
1: a real Augustus Gloop situation. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for that.
3: Oh my gosh, amazing.
1: How
2: about you, Matt? Anything coming up? Next show, end of August, August 26th. I think I said 29th last time. I'm an idiot. It's the 26th. (laughs) Uh, I'll be opening for Hermitage Green at Les Poissons Rouge. So that uh, will be fun. Yeah, tickets are out now, I believe.
3: I'll be there for that one.
1: Hell yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode today, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. Uh, you can leave a rating or a review. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And uh, what did I say? Music is, is easy. Music, anybody mm-hmm. can do yeah, music, Yeah, that's what apparently. we all
3: learned today.
1: And uh, I could be wrong now.
2: <laughs> but I don't think so! I think you're. I think you're pretty wrong on that argument. It's interesting though. <laughs> I was. I was surprised you didn't bring up like Tenacious D or somebody like that. I feel like there'd be. Yeah,
3: that would have been a good one too. They're just
1: st- yeah. straight ahead music. So.
3: Oh wow. Okay.
1: Be like talking about Led and- Zeppelin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Amy, thank you for, thank you for being on here. I hope thank this was you, enjoyable. Amy.
1: Come back
3: anytime. Yeah, please. This was amazing. Thank you for having me.
2: And I'll say so long, suckers. We'll see you next week.